Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you've decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I want to talk about Think Supernaturally. This is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles and something to write with, as I believe you're going to want to take some notes today. I hope this show blesses you real good. We're going to start here in Luke chapter 5, starting at verse number 1, and then we'll conclude at verse number five. I don't know if you've ever heard of a term called think supernaturally, but that's what I dubbed this show today because I want to kind of give you some things to consider while you try to think supernaturally. And I say try because it's a little bit different. Remember, I'm saying supernaturally because many times we can think with no work or effort at all about thinking naturally because that's kind of how we live our lives. But we've got to work a little bit more diligent when we're talking about supernatural things. The first thing that I want to tell you before I read this text is that the number one job of a prophet is to get you to say something and do something. You might want to write that down again. The number one job of a prophet is to get you to say something and do something. If you can be convinced enough to say it, then doing it will be even more easier. So in Luke chapter five, check this out in verse number one, it says, and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of the Genesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. That's with an S, N-E-T-S. Verse three, and he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and he prayed that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Verse number four says, now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Remember now, this is nets, plural, N-E-T-S. Verse 5 says, And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net, not nets, net singular. So here we see here in these first five, five verses that Jesus is speaking prophetically and he's trying to help those that were around him on that day, especially Peter, to understand how he does things. Remember I told you from the beginning the number one job of a prophet is to get you to say something and do something. And Jesus is really trying to help Peter to understand that I don't care what happened all night because that was Peter's reply. Master, we've toiled, we've worked, we suffered all night, we've caught nothing. But then he said, but at your word, 
I'm going to throw out a net. So Peter didn't even obey God. He was frustrated. He was angry. And I'm sure you've been frustrated and angry. And when you are, you don't fully obey God. You just throw out a little bit of something just to pacify the Savior. But we don't always know who's talking to us. So when the word of God is speaking to us directly, it's coming to change your lot in life. And this is why we can't be cavalier when God is talking to us, when the man of God or the woman of God is preaching the word to us because it's coming to shift our very lives. And I don't think Peter really understood really what Jesus was saying to him. And this is why I said we've got to start thinking supernaturally, not naturally. See, Peter was just thinking like, well, I'm going to throw out this net here, a few fish, a jump in this net. But again, because he was not thinking supernatural and clearly he didn't understand who Jesus was. For if he did, he would have sent out every nets he had. He would have just threw the whole thing out there, but he didn't do it. See, Simon Peter clearly had an unbelief issue. He didn't believe what God was saying. And many times when we're dealing with unbelief, the cure for unbelief is really the teaching of the word of God because it's a root of unbelief and it takes time to deal with that. I'm going to say that one more time because that's more than a notion. The word of God is the cure for unbelief. So you got to sit under the word and the longer you sit under that prophetic word, it's going to begin to deal with the root of your problem. So you just can't cast out or just, you know, pray for unbelief to go away. It's just not going to happen that way. Jesus understood that I've got to teach. See, teaching gets further in your ear than any other thing. And this is why Jesus was a prolific teacher. And you'll know that if you really follow his uh, teaching style, he would teach in stories. He would teach again and again. He would say, and again, I say to you, because he understood many times people just didn't hear it the first time he said it. So teaching really deals with someone's unbelief. So Peter has an unbelief problem. So Jesus looks at Peter and he says, hey, man, I want you to launch out in the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Not just that moment uh, in Peter's life did he really understand what Jesus was saying. And I hate to be redundant here, but he just didn't understand. You know, you know we're talking to people and they're shaking their head and they're nodding their head. Many times they're not paying attention, man. I've talked to people and I'm like, they're not really focusing on what I'm saying. One of the reasons is, is because they think they've heard it before. A lot of times we think we're smarter than what we are. Oh, yeah, I heard that before. But I want you to hear it again and again and again until you do it. Because, again, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So Peter is looking for some breakthrough in his life, but it's going to be connected to his ability to hear. And this is why you got to think supernaturally. Many of you right now, you are on the verge of a breakthrough. It, it just hasn't happened for you yet. And one of the reasons for the slowdown or one of the reasons why it hasn't really happened for you yet 
is because you're trying to convince yourself that this is God talking to you. When you are still in that phase, you're still operating in some unbelief. You can't just, you know, I'm just trying, let me just see if this is God. Let me just figure out if this is the Lord. No, you've got to know that this is God talking to you. Remember, Jesus said, let your nets down for a catch. So Peter, what you going to do? You going to let down one of the nets or you going to let them all down? Well, we know what he did. He only let down one because somewhere in Peter's heart, he still had some unbelief. But look how faithful God is. God will meet you where you are, and he still allowed Peter to take in a catch. He still allowed Peter to take the greatest haul that he ever did in his life. And if you continue to read the story, he had to uh, beckon some partners to help him. But what if he didn't have any partners? What if everybody had left? He would have lost a lot of what God was really going to give him that day. Sometimes we lose out because we just didn't prepare supernaturally because we're not thinking supernaturally. So in your planning for the rest of this year, I want you to plan supernaturally. As a matter of fact, for the rest of your life, I want you to plan supernaturally. Don't look at this as just some kind of one hit wonder thing. Because see, God's got so many other things on the other side of your obedience. In other words, what he's saying is, remember what I did before, I can do it again. And every time we do something, so when you hook up with God and you're asking him for help and different things like that, all right, you need to adjust your mindset. You need to think differently. You are who you are by your thinking apparatus. As a matter of fact, with the sum total of our thoughts, I know who I'm dealing with based on the person that thinks a certain way. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you know family members or whoever, you may be reluctant to bring certain things to them because you know how they think. Now, I'm not going to bring this to my mom. I know how she thinks. I'm not going to bring this to my dad or my spouse because I know how they think. In other words, you know you're going to be shut down. You know you can only talk to certain people on a certain level. And God is saying this to you and I. Sometimes the Holy Spirit can't even talk to us on the level that he wants to talk to us on because our thinking is in the toilet. We, we just don't. Remember the scripture says that my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways, even as the heavens are above the earth. I believe the scripture says that doesn't mean that your thoughts cannot become his thoughts. Uh, his ways can become your way. So I don't want you to think that you can't get to the place where you can think like God and do what he does. It takes a process. And that prophetic process is sitting under the teached word of God. The longer you sit under the teach word of God, watch this, you cannot remain the same. I'm going to say that again. It's impossible to sit under the word of God, if it's preached with an anointing and with power and with demonstration, you cannot remain the same. Watch this. It works that way in a negative situation. You can't sit under people 
who are negative and never have anything good to say and you stay the same, you're going to pick up where you sit up under. So if you sitting up under something that's negative, trust me, you're going to become a negative person. If you sit up under something positive, you're going to become a positive person. So you got to be careful about where you go. You got to be careful about who you hang around with. You got to be careful about where you allow yourself to go. Because again, you are who you think you are. As a man thinketh, the Bible says, so is he. So I could say all of these wonderful things, but if you continue to think on the level that you're thinking on, you're going to continue to get the results that you're getting. We like to change the outward and think that the inward is going to follow, but that's not how things work. You have to change the inward and the outward would follow. So everything begins on the inside of you. I want you to be convinced of that today. Everything begins on the inside of you. You don't need the government to change. You don't need your husband to change, your wife to change. You don't need your job situation to change. You need to change. And when you change your thinking apparatus, because you can go no further than how you think. You can do no more than what you think. As a matter of fact, what you're doing right now is because of how you think. I want you to think about that because we're upset and frustrated and we look outside of us and we say, well, if this one was doing better or if that one was doing better or if this person was helping me or if that person was helping me, I could be doing a whole lot better in my life. But that's not true. We have to take some personal responsibility. We have to take some onus. We are culpable for our thinking ability. And again, the only way that things are going to change for you is if you begin to sit up under some prophetic teaching. Right. When I'm saying when I say prophetic teaching, I'm talking about something that is being revealed to you that you didn't know. Revelation is so key. And Jesus moved in revelation. He just didn't talk it. He moved in it. He demonstrated it. He did a lot of things in his life that you would look at and say, wow, how did he know to do this? How did he know to go here? How did he know what to say to people? It was revealed to him. When you have revelation operating and flowing in your life, nothing and nobody can stop you. We've got to learn how to think supernaturally. Now, again, I hate to be redundant, but I'm teaching today. I said to you at the beginning of the show, the number one job of a prophet is to get you to say something and do something. All right, let's look at 2 Kings chapter 4, starting at verse number 1, and we'll conclude, I believe, here at verse number 6. And I'm looking at the NIV translation. Notice what it says here. It says that the wife of the man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditors is coming to take two of my boys as his slaves. Verse number two, and Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me 
what do you have in your house? I want to pause right here because when the prophetic word comes to you and asks you some questions, you may feel like these questions are foolish. I'm struggling. I don't have enough to pay my bills. And you got the nerve to ask me, what do you have in your house? The Lord would never use a prophet or anyone to ask you a question that's foolish. It's only foolish to you because you're not thinking supernaturally. Obviously, something is in that woman's house that she has not paid attention to. And I'm going to tell you, something is around you. Something is in you that you're not paying attention to. So notice what happens here, here next. It says, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all. She said, except a small jar of olive oil. This is all I got. Just a small jar of olive oil. Verse number three, it says, Elisha said, Go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Are you kidding me? Don't ask for just a few. Verse 4, then go outside, shut the door behind you and your sons, pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it one to the side. Verse number 5 says, she left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. Verse number six says, when all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me one more. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. Look at what the prophet did. The prophet created something that was already there for her to get her miracle and her breakthrough. Remember, the number one job of a prophet is to do what? To get you to say something and to get you to do something. This woman had to say something and she had to do something. As the prophet was giving her the prophetic plan to get out of her situation, she had to think supernaturally and even talk to her sons and say, hey, you got to get involved in this too because we're all in a mess. But if we listen to the prophetic voice that's coming from the man of God, our situation is going to be different. How many times have you been sitting up in church and the pastor or the preacher is saying something to you from the word of God and you think it's crazy, you think he's crazy, you think God is crazy because this doesn't make any sense. But see, when a man of God is talking to you, he's not trying to make sense. He's trying to make faith because faith is the substratum that's pushing the prophetic into your life. If you don't learn these principles, you're going to always be looking for some understanding. Why? I'm not going to move yet, Lord. I, I need some understanding. I, I need somebody to help me understand what you're saying. Understanding can wait. Your obedience cannot. You've got to learn how to obey when God is flowing. And because of this, this woman was able to get out of a situation that there was no possible way she could have gotten out of. And watch this. Everything that she needed was in her house. So I want to say to you, everything that you need is right around you. You just need somebody to point out 
what you already have. A lot of us are not self-aware. We're just not aware of where we are. We're not aware of what we have. We're not aware of what God has given us the ability to do. So while you're murmuring, you're crying, you're complaining, you're upset about this, you're upset about that, God says, I've given you something that can help you get out of your situation. And I'm sure as the prophet was really trying to minister to her, I'm sure she was saying, this don't make no sense. Watch this. Why didn't I come up with this? Have you ever felt that before? Somebody do something and you're like, man, they made a million dollars off of this. How come I didn't think about doing this? Because we're not thinking supernaturally. We're thinking naturally. We're thinking like everybody else around us does. And I pray right now that you're hearing just one thing I'm saying to you about your thinking you got to think higher than where you are. You got to ask God, Lord, touch my mind so that I can think on a higher level. Because if you can just think higher, catch this, you can go higher. You can go no higher than your thought life. And we've got to protect our thought life. We've got to make sure that we have the armor of God on, the helmet of salvation, because so many things are being fired at our mentality. So many shots throughout the day, the media, the news, social media, people, what's going on in the rumor mill, what's going on in your own life. We don't truly understand how we're being attacked in our mentality. And this is why certain miracles and signs and wonders and all the things that we read in the Bible just don't happen to the average Christian because they're not thinking like they should. But I want you to begin to think supernaturally. I want you to begin to train your mind. Anytime God is talking to you, this thing is going to be big. This thing is going to be massive. This is going to be a game changer. This is a legacy builder. This is something that your grandkids and great grandkids will be able to benefit from if you begin to elevate your thought life. Who would think one word from the man of God would change this woman's life and the life of her sons? And the powerful thing about it is nothing ever runs out. As long as they had jars, there was oil. I'm going to say that again. As long as they had jars, there was oil. There was enough oil. You know why? Because this is supernatural. And when God says something, he can create something out of the power of his word. And God is not a wasteful God. And so we've got to understand these dynamics and these principles when we're flowing and we're moving with God, because I think this is going to be something that can change your life. Again, in your planning, plan for the supernatural, because we're very good at planning. We got an A plan. We got a B plan. We got a C. We got a whole alphabet of plans. But have you considered in your planning to plan for the supernatural? I know you're looking for a car, but I want you to plan for the supernatural when you buy your car. I know you're trying to buy a house, but have you considered for the supernatural plan 
in buying your house. Maybe the house can be debt free. Maybe somebody can give it to you. Maybe somebody got you in a wheel and they about to die and they're going to give you a house and a car. See, these are the things that I'm saying in our thought life we never consider. We always look for something to come the natural way. And I'm telling you, when the Holy Spirit dropped his life inside of you, it was just not just so you could speak in unknown tongues. It was for you to live a supernatural life. Your results are different than anybody on your job, anybody on your street corner, anybody in your family. God wants to elevate your life to the point that eyes have not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. The good things, the great things God has in store for you. We've got to think supernaturally. Now, let me share a few more things with you. When we break the flesh barrier, time doesn't matter. I'm going to say that to you again. When we break the flesh barrier, time doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, matter doesn't matter. When the glory of God falls, the laws of physics don't even work. The woman with the issue of blood, she broke 14 Jewish laws to get to Jesus. Laws are suspended when the glory comes because God becomes more real to you. And that could be the problem. Maybe God isn't as real to you as you say he is. I've often said this. We need a crash course collision with God, an undeniable experience that nobody can take away from us. This, the, this is the whole thing about stepping out in faith. One of the reasons why it's difficult to step out in faith and do something is because God just ain't real to you yet. But if you know he's real, like when you look at your fingers and you know they're real because you can see them. When you look at your feet, you say, man, I, I know I'm walking around because I see my feet. My feet are the reason I can take one step in front of the other. God is saying, I'm more real to you than that because I'm the reason why you have eyes to see. I'm the reason why you have legs and feet to walk. We've got to learn how to flow with God and allow him to touch our life in a profound way. Now, when we are more concerned about his presence than our problems, we will begin to see the glory of God and do supernatural things every day. We will see supernatural healings happen in our churches Let's look at Luke chapter uh, 5. Luke chapter 5 and verse number 17 uh, says it like this. One day he was teaching and there were some Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present for him to perform healing. And some men were carrying a bed and a man who was paralyzed, and they were trying to bring him in to sit him down in front of him. Look at verse 19. But not finding any way to bring him because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let the man down through the tiles with the stretcher into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. Now, this is what I want to tell you. When God becomes real to you, 
when faith becomes real to you. These are the crazy things you will do because I'm thinking supernaturally. In other words, yes, it was a natural thing for them to climb all the way up to the man's house and tear it off and all of those things. But they saw the end. The end is if I can get this man to Jesus, something supernatural is going to happen. So it may start out in the natural in terms of things that you have to do. But when you get to Jesus, it turns into something supernatural. And they let this man down in the middle of that crowd and something powerful. They stopped the whole conference. They stopped the whole revival. They stopped everything. And Jesus focused on that man and healed him. And let me say this to you. Jesus ain't tripping about a protocol. I know we trip about that. But I'm going to tell you something. When you're really hungry for God, you ain't thinking about what people think. You don't care about what they say. I'm in trouble. I need a breakthrough. I need deliverance. The power of God has got to hit my life today or I'm going to be in trouble. See, that's what, see, when you look at, when you read the Bible and you see these stories, it wasn't no modern medicine. There was no hospital on the corner. They couldn't go to CVS and Rite Aid and get a prescription for the stuff that they were dealing with. If they didn't just get healed on their own, they were in trouble. And Jesus came for that purpose to show them and to help them to understand, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. If you put your trust in me and do something crazy, this is what I'm talking about when we talk about thinking supernatural, I'm going to do something crazy, man. Who would climb to the top of somebody's roof and take the shingles out? I mean, if somebody, if Jesus was in your house and you some, saw somebody climbing up the top of your roof and tearing off the roof, you're like, man, what is you doing? But I'm telling you, when you hungry for the supernatural, when you hungry for things to change, you will do whatever you got to do to see the power of God be made manifest in your life. Are you that hungry or are you reserved? You too cool for school. Oh, it don't take all of that. Let me tell you something. It takes all of that and then some because God already knows you in a bad situation. So you're going to have to do something. Watch this. When you hear something from God, you got to do something. You just can't hear it and not do it because faith is all about action. And sometimes we just have to ask God, Lord, remove all the cool out of me. <laughs> remove all the reserve out of me. Remove all of the uh, stagnation out of me. I want to see the God of the Bible happen in my life. Finally, sometimes it takes a longer time to get to where we want to go because we keep going the same way. I don't know if you ever get on a freeway and you just keep going the same way because that's the only way you know. And then somebody tell you, hey, there's a different way you could go. Some people could hear that there's a different way that they could go to get to their destination, but they won't accept it. They'll continue to go the same way. Some of us got to wake up and open up and allow even the people around you that live in a higher level than you supernaturally to tell you some things about God that you don't know so that you can move 
in a flow with him so that you can move at a level and at a pace with him that you have not moved in before. Because sometimes even in the church service, it takes a longer time to get a breakthrough in worship because we got people who just sitting around clogging the atmosphere. As a pastor, I know this firsthand. I lead worship in my church. I've been doing it for a long time. You got spectators. You got people who are disinterested. You got people who are sitting down. You got people who are looking at the walls. You got people who are half sleep. Ain't nothing happening in this atmosphere. We've got to help people to respect the atmosphere of God. And this is why even in our church where I teach and preach, I have people standing up. You can't sit down. We've got to, we got to be standing up with our hands up. We got to be engaging in the supernatural because we don't want to disrespect the Holy Spirit. If we can stand up and cheer for a football game and all the things we do, surely we can stand up and lift our hands and speak to God in a respectful way. We've got to learn how that when we come together, even in worship, we're not just cup. See, God doesn't come for the preaching. He comes for the worship. You can't preach to God. God ain't interested in hearing my sermon. I'm preaching to the people. But before that, we need to give God what is due him. And that's worship. That's praise. That's adoration. So once the atmosphere is right, then we can preach. Then the atmosphere is better for and conducive for the word of God to come forth. There's been many times I had to, we just got to keep worshiping until we break through in this atmosphere because I'm not about to give precious jewels and diamonds to people who are not ready to receive it. And this is why worship, in my opinion, and praise should always come before the preaching of the word of God. And I believe when we do it this way, we'll see some things happen in our churches. People in this hour, they've mocked the church, they laughed at the church because they don't think that anything is happening. And to some degree, I would have to agree because some of the things that we're doing in church is just a show. But I didn't come to perform. And when we're worshiping, this is not a performance. I'm giving my heart to God. If I got to lay on the floor, if I got to lay, if I got to uh, hit my knees, if I got to bow before him, this is generated from my thought life because I'm thinking supernaturally. And so I shouldn't, there should be nothing in a worship service that the Lord is not prompting me to do that I should be ashamed or embarrassed of. Because if God is truly everything to you, you want to show him worship is audio and is visual. If we can't hear it, if we can't see it, then you're not doing it. So if we're going to think supernaturally, there's just some things that we have to change. And I, I can't long for the day. Why should I say I long for the day when our worship starts in heaven and not in the earth? When it really starts in the heavens, when we are ready, when we are synced up in heaven right here on the earth realm and we're pulling it down where well, i'm telling it don't take 40 minutes 30 minutes to just get where we need to go from the moment the service starts people are excited they're engaged and i often tell my church this is why we come to church on time so that we can respect the presence of god because see when we set a time the holy spirit is there and then people walking in late 
And then there are some people who come an hour late. And then there's some people who say, I just want to miss the worship. I'm just going to come for the word. You could miss out on something because you don't know how God is going to direct the service. So we've got to learn how to honor and respect what God is doing. And when we do that, we will begin to see so many wonderful things scripted from the pens of heaven, from God himself, that he can flow on our life like never before. Here's the last thing that I want to tell you. The anointing comes to fix something. The glory comes after something is fixed because it won't show up until order is in place. I'm going to say that to you one more time. The anointing comes to fix something. The glory comes after something is fixed because it won't show up until order is in place. The first thing we got to get in order is our thought life. Let's think supernaturally. And when we do, so many wonderful things will happen for us. I promise you in Jesus name. Well, that's all that I wanted to share with you. I pray that you were blessed. If you were, as always, shoot me an email at info at thomasadeloach.com. Also, you can go to my website at thomasadeloach.com. There's a subscriber tab there. You can put your email in that box, click the send button, and I'll send you a free PDF. Do it today. Also, on the website, I'm asking for partners. If you believe that To Empower You is helping you to grow in the things of God and you want to financially partner with me to keep these shows coming to you so that others can receive the word of the Lord and be encouraged and empowered, I want you to scroll all the way down to almost the bottom of the screen there and you will see a donation tab. No dollar amount is too big or too small. Do it today. I promise you the Lord will be well pleased. I'm praying for you as always and remember to be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com and follow me on Instagram at thomasadeloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.